Welcome to the Interim Leader Podcast. I'm Terry Noble, Principal Consultant in the Energy Utility Space, and today's episode is all about transformation. I've invited three guests to share their knowledge on this topic. First up is Melanie Seal. She has a sector agnostic background across HR transformation. Also joining us is Jason Craker. He is a consultant with a background as a CTO and a CIO in the automotive industry. And last, but by no means least, Tony Martin. Tony is a transformation director who has led a number of business optimization programs across a number of different sectors. Thank you all for joining me today. First question is a straightforward one, Tony. What does transformation mean to you? Well, Terry, I, I think that there are a number of levels to that question, really. I, th- I think that I tell you what it's not to start with. I think people have a bit of, there's a bit of a misnomer around transformation in my experience. People label things transformation where they're really not, where they're more continuous improvement of, of existing processes and ways of working, you know, that gradual transition from one state to another. I think transformation at one level, it's where you're making a significant change to an organization, um, either in its target operating model, where virtually everything is changing in that business, um, or where there is either significant growth or a significant change in in one particular aspect. So to me, to me, transformation in a nutshell is cross-business in its entirety, changing operating model or significant growth and or very big change in one particular aspect of the business. Brilliant, thank you. Moving forward, in your 20-year career across the automotive industry, digital change, um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes in how transformation is delivered. How do you think transformation is going to change in a post-COVID world? That's a good question, Terry. Um, And I think actually probably it's one of those ones I'm going to come back to and probably post-reflection think of different things to add to it. But um, I think the reality and the caveat here is we're not really sure what the the, the new future holds. But kind of as we position it now, you know, we can see change. We can see that, um, you know, what COVID has done is it's accelerated so many things. Uh, You know, accelerated digital transformation programs. Um, remote working, collaboration solutions, uh, cloud-based software as a service type solutions. You know, Zoom is standard, you know, now where 18 months ago it wasn't. You know, travel being reduced. Um, you know, what's going to be the effect of corporate travel for those glo- large global organisations? Um, I also think, and whether it's a correlation or whether it's just my mindset at the moment, you know, there's a greater awareness at the moment of our carbon footprint and sustainability. And I think the two of those are linked and a massive drive now on our mental well-being. Uh, you know, these things are so much on our radar now that I think they all lead into the idea of transformation. And, you know, organisations need to consider that, along with things like the last mile delivery. You know, all of those bits we talk about, streaming services, commerce platforms, organisations are moving into an online world now. And I think probably the most important thing that COVID, that I see with a kind of, you know, chief digital information officer's background is that CIOs have now really been brought to the table. They've brought, been brought to the board table. You know, they've been heavily relied upon over these last 18 months or so um, to ensure success. So they're now getting, I use an analogy, you know, they're getting more balls to play with at the pinball table. And as part of that, you know, they're getting more support. They're listened to more. They're getting more opportunity to influence. 
And with those CIOs, they generate innovation. They generate ideas, in my view. Obviously, as part of an organizational change, everything else, they can't do this on their own. But they're important influences in, these, in that circle. So I think as well, alongside that, our desire as consumers uh, has changed. Actually, as a result of that, probably, you know, lots of organizations put the consumer more in the center of their circle than they were before. To summarize, Terry, I'd say us as customers have, have changed. You know, our demands have changed. Uh, transformation is always driven by what the customer really wants. I think that's become more in, in the center of organizations' minds over time. We've got more desire. We've, organizations have opened up their eyes. COVID has forced change. You know, we've seen things, you know, disasters and wars generating innovation over time. COVID is no different. It's accelerated change. It, now is a time where the situation is tougher for, for, for organizations. Um, and, and in many sectors, really, really hard. You know, some of those global challenges. So there's a real need now for some organization to change or they'll just be consumed. So this is, this is going to lead to, in my view, to accelerated programs, maybe with some resource constraints that may challenge those transformations. And actually, I think when I, when I look at this, there's been COVID, as I said, that, you know, there's been this element of sustainability. There's also an element about, you know, you put an electric vehicle in the middle of uh, some of these uh, ecosystems now. Those elements all, all are accelerating change uh, as sectors start to overlap more and, and sectors need to collaborate more. Um, that's how I would say um, what's coming in the next three or four years. Some, some of that you could say is related to COVID, but some of it's related into the changing world. Thank you, Jason. Melanie, if I could come to you next. Without naming names of people or companies, can you tell us about a tough character building or perhaps career defining moment in a transformation programme? I think career defining moments usually come from something that doesn't go quite to plan because that's what you learn. Um, I, was thinking, I was thinking about this question. I was thinking, I'm sure everyone's going to think about when everything went, you know, 100%. But I was thinking if I was really, if I was really asking someone this, I'd want to know where did something go not as to planned and, and how did that come out? So I'm going to stick to my truth and, and, and go after that angle. So look, I think whenever you're doing transformation, which has a huge uh, digital content to it, it always brings uh, the right mix of risk of people who are hugely independent of thought and technology that you think you've got all the I's dotted and T's crossed, but doesn't always work. And in one of my um, gigs, there was a substantial transformation, both on the people space and uh, in technology that we were working towards. We've worked for nine months on the deployment. And like all good things with technology, we went live. We've been live. We did a soft launch on the Friday. There was less traffic over the weekend. It was an external recruitment platform. And with knowing that it would ramp up considerably the use on the Monday. So over that Friday, that weekend, all went to plan until the Monday came uh, early where suddenly it just wasn't working and it was a day where we had coincided against my better judgment I hasten to add where they wanted to do a major launch of summer placements and therefore we knew the the volume would be much higher than normal 
So we were suddenly in the position of the comms had gone out about the success of the launch of the, the new uh, deployment. And we got a message to say that thing to do with the technical side had stopped working. And in that moment, it can be very career defining that you're there thinking, okay, this is the moment where I'm never going to be able to work again. But I guess the thing that kicks in massively when you're on transformation is that ability to always be in fixed mode. So whilst the CEO was kind of had his hands in his head thinking, how am I going to explain to the board how I've just kind of stopped this whole system from working? I was in the position of, look, okay, the technology's not working, but that doesn't mean to say that we don't have the people in the back office that can do what we did before, which was much more manual workarounds. So, you know, to everyone out there, it will feel like they're going through the system, but in the back doorway, <laughs> there will be a lot of manual heavy lift getting stuff in the old style from A to B. And he was like, is that even possible to make that happen? I'm like, I have no idea, but if we stop this conversation, I can go over to the, to the area and see what the art of the possible is. And we put all hands on pump until we can, you know, work through why suddenly it was working all weekend and isn't working today. And, and at that point, you, you do feel like you're carrying quite a big load because the comms are going out. People are texting you, congratulating you that <laughs> you've gone live. But there you are in the back office, like literally almost like having this massive Excel spreadsheet trying to move people from, from one position uh, to the other. And actually that went on for 24 hours. We were in that situation, but there was only half a dozen of us that ever knew that our go live was our hard go live rather than our soft go live was anything but transformational at that point, apart from transformational probably giving me more grey hair than, than I wanted to in that time. Jason, you mentioned culture earlier. What needs to change in an organisation culturally to make change happen successfully? Fundamentally, I think it comes with an idea of a culture that trusts people, a culture that doesn't blame when decisions fail um, and a culture that allows people to explore and pick up gaps so if you know you start off with a program a transformation program you come up with this lovely plan fundamentally you'd have missed half of those things you know and a plan is only ever um, worth the paper it's written on for that second it's written on you know you you might as well throw it up and start again because so many things keep coming out and keep changing but so, so those elements there where you know a, a Accept and adopt change is another culture. We don't know as, uh, as individuals what tomorrow is going to bring. So how can an organisation? So making sure you build an environment that allows people to sense and explore, as I, I talked to earlier. Tony, with 30 years experience in transformation, 16 years as an interim, placed three, possibly four times by Odger's interim, you are definitely the right person for us to ask. What advice would you give to an individual that's about to lead a large-scale transformation? So I, th I think that there are a number of things that you've got to get right in, in leading big-scale change in organisations. Uh, I, think, I think, firstly, one has to be very planned in what one does. You have to know what the outcome, what is the desired outcome of the organisation, what is it seeking to do in the next three to six months. That's absolutely key, what are the objectives of 
of this transformation, three, six, 12 months. Often as not, companies might not have a high degree of clarity around that. And in fact, that's why people like me get hired to help coalesce and crystallize those, 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 those ideas. That's point one, very planned, very clear about destination. Secondly, it's all about understanding who are the key movers and shakers in the organization, who are the stakeholders that one has to work with and getting to meet those early and understanding what makes them tick and what's important to them and how they can help in, in undertaking this, this adventure or venture that we're embarking upon. So that's the second very important thing, being clear with your sponsor what they, he, she wants, what's important over the next three or four or five weeks initially to get the thing going, depending on whether or not it's the start of a transformation or you're parachuting into the middle. I'm assuming it's the start of a transformation. And it's also about getting the right people that work, uh, to work on the programme. That includes client side colleagues. It includes consultants. It includes other interims or other you know, short-term hires that you might bring into the program. In my book, I, I always say to clients that there, that there are two things that get me out of shape, actually. First of all is non-team behavior. I don't have any truck with that, principally because these things are very difficult to do. And if you're having to focus on non-team behavior, worrying about people basically wanting to stab somebody in the back or whatever like that, just takes away the focus from doing something that is ostensibly very difficult to do. So why, why have that? And so I don't take any truck from that. And the second thing I don't do, I don't do surprises. If we know that something's going wrong, then let's talk about it and let's get it out on the table rather than let it suddenly hit us from left field. One thing I, sh I should probably add there is I fixate on governance as well. You know, steer, steering groups and steer codes and all of that are very important to get right. So working very hard to deliver those effectively and make sure you get the decisions you need from those steer codes um, is very important. I look on steer codes, actually, not as hurdles to programs, but as enablers and people that that are on those steer codes are there to help the program not to be a hurdle for it to jump over. Um, and I'm very clear about that when, when I'm setting those things up. And Melanie, finally, what is it that you enjoy about transformation? Well, I think the things ultimately is this, the scale of change. So I've always been attracted to things which people say are impossible to do. Um, so that, that's within reason but you know if it's the scale of the change you know I, I guess I learned during my career where I would run to that opportunity of change and think wow this really needs to be done but how do we make that happen I would be always that one that would run towards it where other people be like whoa I'm moving far away from that so I think you have to know in yourself um, whether that's something that appeals to you um, or not. I like the idea, uh, and again, this is back to the first question, which can be controversial, that I believe in transformation, there's a start and a finish. So I like the idea that it's, it's, it's very focused. It could be huge, wide ranging, 
doing it in a huge matrix organization complexity is all there but at the end of the day you're there you know where you are today to where you need to leave your client by the time you're going um and it doesn't always go on the linear path that you'd like it but ultimately it's clear if you if you've got the statement of works accurate then it's clear where where you need to be um by the time you leave your client um and pace i love the pace of of transformation that it's relentless that it's stakeholdering it's hard and no two days are the same i think if you're someone that really likes you wake up in the morning and you never know what's going to be on your inbox for the next 18 months um and it's not repetitive but what comes from that is obviously high reward right the high reward of being part of a team who's completely focused on doing what some will say the impossible and to do that with a multidisciplinary team um really floats my boat on, on that side of things so yeah that newness that looking that that having that really big lens of clarity on what you're doing really appeals firstly thank you to jason melanie and tony for contributing in our podcast today and thank you all for joining us if you'd like to find out more information about uh, jason melanie or tony please look in the link below for their bios please don't forget to like or subscribe for more episodes of the interim leader